Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Do I look happy enough for you assholes? <laughs> ah, welcome Feel to better. Ed- yeah. <laughs> welcome to episode seventy-three of the Whiskey and Whitetails podcast. I'm Mr. Brown. This is Mr. Green. Aloha. With, with an E. With an E. With an N. With an N and an E. Yeah. Uh, you're getting this, well, I don't know when you're getting this, but it was published on 16 May 2022. Yep. And uh, we've got a lot to go over this episode. Yeah, we were discussing in pa- Patron about um, Kentucky Derby. So we're going to go over some Kentucky Derby stuff and some bourbon stuff that's involved in Kentucky Derby stuff and some other stuff about the Kentucky Derby. This would have been a good episode to have some preloaded horse noises, and I didn't think about it just now. Yeah, well. <laughs> good job. Appreciate it. Appreciate ya. This episode is sponsored by us, whiskeyandwhitehills.com. And go whiskeyandwhitehills.com. Use code podcast at 20%. Then if you want to tell us topics to do, like the Kentucky Derby topics we're going to do, I'm just going to fix that real quick. There you go. You can go to whiskeyandwhitehills.com and click Patreon, and then you will get an email from me. It tells you how to join our Discord chat, and you can get in there, and you can hang out with cool people. Unlike us- the dickhead I met yesterday. Oh. Is this the the individual you? Uh, yeah, it's stupid, right? That's a dumb thing to complain about. Yeah, I just don't like it. I don't. I don't use Facebook. Like, I get. I, I. I just figured out the other day how to how to look at uh, how many friend requests you have. Yeah, you have a lot. A shit ton, and I felt bad because it's like you don't realize you have them. Yeah, and then I'm like, damn, because I have like 20 friends on Facebook because yeah. I don't ever use it. I've never posted a single thing. So I went through and just was like, okay. You know, I clicked a few people, like, we have mutual friends. Sure. I mean, but still, you're not getting anything. I'm not going to look at your post. You're not going to look at mine. But I've always hated Facebook because of just dicks. It is full of them. Yeah. And then today, yesterday, I was like, last night, I was like, you know what? Let's let's look at other whiskey pages. Let's see if we can join some. And I'm going to be more friendly, right, and just outgoing. So I found one. I'm not going to mention who, but it's veteran-specific. Okay. 
So I joined this veteran page and I'm in there and, and I'm just making an introduction. Hi, whatever. And, um, one guy, and I was like, I'm in, we teach, I teach busy classes. So I, I like the idea of, you know, this is, we, we are all here to join and learn together and fellowship. Sounds good to me. I'm in. So let's learn in fellowship. And just so you know, I teach busy classes. So if you have anything specific, that's what I can give to the group. Just that was it. Hi, goodbye. Yeah. I didn't say anything else. And I said something about hunting. And somebody was like, Whiskey and Whitetails? I was like, yep, that's me. So therefore, now I have to play the Whiskey and Whitetails card. I can't play, I can't be me. Yeah. I have to be the Whiskey and Whitetails representative. That stinks. But, you know, somebody was talking about one of the bottles that I was like, this is my favorite bottle right now. And he was like, uh, and I said, my palate. This is good to my palate. And instead of me saying something dicky like, this is the best bourbon I've ever had, and you should try this bourbon because it's good. I said, to me and my palate, this is good. Yeah. I misspelled palate. And a guy came in and corrected me on my spelling. Right. Offered, which, no, offered nothing else. No, to, to just corrected me on how I spelled palate, which... I'm not right. I texted you. I was like, I don't know. What, this is the reason I don't get on Facebook because I'm not here for my grammar to be corrected. I was in the heat of the moment and I was firing away yeah. and I made a text. I was not. <sighs> you were not working on a dissertation. Yeah, I wasn't writing a thesis paper. I wasn't even in a work email. I, I was just talking. You you weren't you weren't uh, uh, building an RFP. No, I wasn't doing a Whiskey White Tales article. <laughs> I wasn't doing anything else. I was just enjoying my time. It off was a and quick talking. post in a Facebook group. And yeah. Okay. I misspelled palette. Okay. Well, it's like if you are the guy on Facebook correcting people's grammar, like really that's all you have to do. That's all you got going on. To me, that came off as straight, I'm a dick. I only care about myself, and I'm going to make myself feel better by correcting your grammar. Right. Because who really cares if I spelled it wrong? It has nothing to do with anything. This watch is going off. (sighs) Sorry to start out the episode that way. Don't stop. What else is bothering you today? That's... Ta-da! What that is? I keep saying it, so I was like, let me go get us one. Jack Daniels Bonded Tennessee Whiskey. Yeah, everybody keeps posting it at Patreon. I've been seeing it all over the place. So all I was right. like, let me, let me just grab one of these. And first store I went Ooh, to. Color me intrigued. First store I went to, they had it. So this episode's powered by Jack Daniels Bonded in Bond. Tennessee Whiskey. Tennessee Whiskey. If you know what Bonded is, that means it has to be made from a single distiller during a single distillation season, which there are two a year. And it has to be stored in a government controlled warehouse. Has to be 100 proof, minimum of four years old, and some other uh, nitty gritty details I'm not going to get into. Somebody paid attention in their executive bourbon steward class. Uh, one thing that bugs me about marketing is whenever they put tasting notes and flavors on the whiskey. I Especially, don't, I don't yeah. want you to tell me what I'm going to taste. I want to experience it myself. Luckily, the their tasting notes are. Caramel, rich oak, and spice. So, <laughs> which you, guessing, you and every other whiskey in America. <laughs> great job. Uh, giving way to a pleasantly lingering finish. Ooh, sweet. Yeah, this old like school the, lid. I like the, the top. wooden top. I'll let you yeah. pop it. But uh, It is cool. It is cool. I might make a necklace out of it. Just kidding. <laughs> that was a weird pop. I'll give it to you, Jack Daniels. You, you didn't work on the pop, so the juice better be good. To them, the pop was not important. That should, we should get, we, we, you need to screen cap the deer scream, and when we have a good pop, that's what we'll play. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I can. So you like that when I threw it in the last episode? It threw me, I was mid, mid-water mid sip and about spit it all over my computer screen. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Well, well played. I was looking for something else, 
And then I saw it and I was like, that'll work. <laughs> yeah. Okay. On the nostrils, I get caramel, Stop rich it. oak, and spice. I actually do get a decent amount of caramel on that. But it's, to me, it's more, it's the sweetness from corn. It smells young to me. Like it's, yeah, I'm it's, sure it's they a minimum, it right, it's at, right four. at four years. Yeah. There's some slight like baking spice cinnamon to it as well, which I normally get out of Tennessee. And then three sis sniffs in. I'm now I'm starting to get the oak. I get the hickory that it's been processed through as well. <laughs> Bourbon. You cannot add or take away. <laughs> I just realized what you coughed there. No, yeah. You cannot add. You can take away flavors, but you cannot add. And by running this through a charcoal filter um, that isn't a single white oak, they added flavor. That is why Jack Daniels is not bourbon. It's called the Tennessee. It's called the Lincoln County, Lincoln process. County process, which was uh, <clears throat> patented, created by uh, ne- Uncle Nearest. Uncle Nearest. Yeah. Yeah. Who was a indentured? Mm-hmm. Sl- it's, not, it's not an indentured servant; it's a slave, I guess. A paid sl- slave, yeah, like how? I don't know. Spoke I mean, he started as a slave and then got paid, and then yeah. Does that mean you're not a slave anymore? Correct. Well, I don't know because he still owns you, or maybe he did. He didn't. He didn't. He chose to stay in continue. I believe stay in continue, yeah. which was like, not hey. uncommon. I like my job, and you're going to pay me to do it now? But two bearded white dudes are not here to give you a, a no. lesson on history. No. I also, uh, uh, no one on in history, my history was a here. lesson on slavery. Not no happening. one in my family was here during, during those times. Today. Okay, and we're on to the next topic. Yeah, Tasting next. Okay. Banana. I get bananas and Jack Daniels. That is a very easy drink. Yeah. You know, I'd shoot that because you know I still shoot Jack Daniels. The only thing I still shoot, everything else, I try to treat like proper and, and a shot of Jack and a Bud Light. It's like it's, it's not a, much it's, better. It's a great first. Walk up yeah. to a bar. What do you want? Yeah, a shot of Jack and a Bud Light. Or while I look at your menu, or give me a shot of Jameson and a Guinness. Yeah, that's what it said. <clears throat> you ever um, had an Irish American? Hmm. What yeah. is that? So you know, like an Irish car bomb, where it's uh, Jameson and. What's that? Bailey's. Jameson oh, Bailey's, and Bailey's yeah, yeah, yeah. and a Guinness. So mm-hmm. this is Bud Light, Jack Daniels and Bailey's, and it is fantastic. Really? I swear to God. Every time I've given it, like I've had people go, no, that's disgusting. <laughs> and then I've had people that trust me and just do it, and they're like, I would 100% roll that again. It's really good. I'll have to try it's it out. It's called an Irish American. It's really good. I'll have to try it out. But, yeah, I would rather have this over regular Jack Daniels, that's for sure. Yeah. And I think this was $23. Really? Receipts in the truck. It was nothing. I bet it'd make a decent old fashioned. Yeah, probably would. Cheap, cheap, uh, cheap bottle for the wife to have her old fashions. Established in eighteen sixty six. So I quit catching her grabbing my eighty to one hundred and forty dollars bottles to make old fashions with. <laughs> it's, I hate making her do it, but she she asks now. Yeah. <clears throat> what do you care if I have? And I'm like, if it's open on the bottom, don't care. <laughs> On the top, that's some like, you know, well, let's figure it out. Let's, you know, does this one taste better than this? But if we're just drinking, open on the bottom. Go ahead. Yeah. Knock yourself out. Yeah. I'm going to have to, I, I'm having to slowly separate and have a separate shelf, like a, that's a no-no shelf and uh open, open season shelf. Yeah. Anyways. I'm going to 
I'm going to write this down for the next episode because I don't want to ruin it now. Okay. But I have a story to tell you. Sweet. That's involved in drinking with your wife. You were drinking with my wife? No, 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 no. Like we have a lot to discuss. <laughs> <and> my wife. <laughs> drinking with your wife, meaning drinking the royal with, your, gotcha. our, okay. your wife. Your wife. <laughs> drinking with your wife. I have something fun for you to try. Oh, that, okay. Uh, I tried with my wife, and it was... Fun? Days later, I still remember it vividly. <laughs> so <laughs> tune in next week for that story. Awesome. All right. We wanted to get into the Kentucky Derby now. Yeah. Or I did. I want to get into the Kentucky and this, Derby And this... Happened because our 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 Patreon Discord was uh, chatting back and forth while we watched the Kentucky we watched Derby. It every together, yeah. I mean, we watched it together through Discord, kind of together, right? Yeah. Like we're all watching the same thing and chatting about I had it. Discord open, firing away it was while, fun. while we were watching. Yeah. Um, I was a little late to the party. I didn't realize really. I was busy with the kids. Didn't realize what was going on, and I was and I turned it on right as they were making. They were coming out and doing their walk and everything, so I caught it just in time. I didn't yeah. catch any of the, the other races. You got lucky because much like your sex life, <laughs> it's the totally what? What? Anyway, what do you the, know about my sex life? It's it's, a, it's known as the fastest two minutes in the world. <laughs> the Kentucky Derby, not your sex. Life. <laughs> You're a dick. Yeah, uh, but it was started in 1875, <laughs> and is the longest running sporting event. In the United States of America. It is indeed. It is. Um, I I have a quote on another piece of paper that I threw away. I'm going to dig it out of the trash because okay. it's that good. All right. And I'm going to entertain while he's gone. Let's do another bottle pop just to see. Man, that's, I don't know. The first one had like this weird pong, ping pong noise to it. Oh, he's digging through the trash. I can't find it. It's yellow. It's the only yellow piece of paper in this office. wonder if it went to the bathroom trash. Oh, he found it. Okay. Drops this quote. Sorry. You're good. But it's a description of the Kentucky Derby <laughs> that I thought was really good. And it's from John Steinbeck in uh, 1956. Oh. And it says, this Kentucky Derby, whatever it is, a rare, uh, I'm sorry, uh, a race, an emotion, a turbulence, an explosion, is one of the most beautiful and violent and satisfying things I've ever experienced. Very fitting. Why is it fitting? Oh, because you were talking about the Derby. I'm done. <laughs> I'm out. It's a good race, though. <laughs> and I'll take it as a good quote. I'm good with it. I didn't write the guy's name down. Who started it? The guy who started the Kentucky Derby? Yeah. Mayweather Lewis Clark. Which is grandson of the Lewis and Clark expedition. The explorer, William, yeah, William Clark. So he went to the Epsom Derby in England mm -hmm. and liked it, and then went to the French jockey club known as the Grand Prix de Paris Long Champs. Didn't expect that last word to sound English, but it did. But they, uh, he learned about horse racing and betting and all that stuff. Right. And then brought it back. Mm -hmm. And then was like, hey, Uncle Churchill, John and Henry, what's up with this pot of land over here in Louisville? And uh, blah, blah, blah. like 80 acres? Large. Like that. Yeah. I don't know exactly how big it is, but it's big. And, uh, and they were like, here you go, nephew, which I'm like, fuck my uncles, you know? <laughs> uh, I'm sure if they had that much money in land, they'd give me some. Yeah, things were different back then. Yeah. It's also nobody paid for it, apparently. Apparently, they just took it from... You just sort of like someone else. I'm here. <sighs> we are. 
I'm just seeing if really? I can, if I can goat rope you into anything. Yeah, you're not. Not today. Good. But you are really skirting some lines. Yeah. Skating on some real thin ice, bro. My family also didn't uh, do that either. Just. <clears throat> Anyways. So it's yours. You're French. <laughs> I am part French. Acadian. Which means you stink. Acadian. Not the stuck-up French. The 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 ones that were like, you know what? Fuck this. We're out. I was watching Christina P. last night, and she was talking about French. And she was like, not all French people this or whatever. I can't remember. It was like a stereotype that everybody have about French people. Yeah. And she was like, but they do all stink. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. Made me laugh. All right. So in that race, they had uh, 15 three-year-old horses. Uh, they raced for a mile and a half in front of 10,000 spectators, and that winner was Aristides, 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 something along those lines. And that was the first winner, and that was in 1877. Mm-hmm. No, that was 1875. 1875. Yeah. And it was originally called the Louis- Louisville Jockey Club. Yes. Correct? <clears throat> yeah. Is it, st- is it still like the Louisville Jockey Club at Churchill Downs? Like, do you know? I would assume it's something along those lines. Similar to how they have, like, at... I know you don't sports, but you'll have an arena that has a name, but then, like, the field will have a different name. So I think that's changed a lot because now, like, a lot of people think that Kentucky Derby is, like, like the Super Bowl. It's not, though. It's the first race. It's the first of. It's the first of three. Right. And so the first race, I would, I, I don't think that they have, like, a jockey club anymore. I think it could come from anywhere, which clearly it does. There was a foreign country there. Japan. Japan, yeah. Yeah. Japan was there. Yeah, the interview with that guy was funny. It, it, it was when they were doing their walkout. When you know, when they, everyone walks walks around yeah. the track, uh, they they got with that guy and asked him if like, what would it be like, you know, to be the first Japanese horse to to win the race? And his his English was not too good. It was it was a painful response. Was it? Yeah. I hope he's not in trouble for not winning because <laughs> historically. <laughs> You that culture dishonored your family. <laughs> yeah, historically, that culture doesn't take well to losing. I have a great story that I want to do on Japanese whiskey sometimes. Sucks for someone who's lost a lot. Lost, yeah. I don't think I've, ever, I've never won any sporting event. I just mean like on a big stage. Oh, yeah, but they did lose on a big stage. They've not done well historically. Well, they're a very small island. There's yeah. surprisingly a lot of people there, though. <laughs> so maybe it's a bigger island than I thought. I don't know. I've never been to Japan. I've heard it's beautiful. I I have heard it's beautiful. I have a yeah. friend that goes. Uh, he single guy saves up all his PTO and goes for like a month every year. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know what he's going there for. Probably not wrong. <laughs> lots of robin. Yeah, lots of juice. E girls. <laughs> um, okay, mint and julep. First time was in eighteen seventy seven. Correct, um, and it was uh, some Norwegian or French, Polish. She was a Polish superstar. And she had a mint julep, and they gave her one, and she's supposed to share it with everyone. But instead, she drank the whole thing and got another one. And then, as most men do around beautiful women, I'll have what she's having. And (laughs) then it went on, and then it it wasn't until 1938 that it became the official drink of the Kentucky Derby. So julep is a Persian word, meaning which was golab, Uh which is rose water, which is the byproduct of distilling perfumes. Okay. And they would use this road wa- rose water as a medicinal cocktail deal. Gotcha. Um, and as we discussed before, cocktails 
the alcohol and it goes straight to your blood. So they used to mix medicine with alcohol to get it into your blood system. A lot of people don't realize that. Yep. They're like, whiskey didn't cure you. They did, though. Yeah. There was during Prohibition when people had really crappy mm-hmm. um, whiskey and they were throwing junk in it. The doctors were complaining that the whiskey wasn't working anymore. People were still getting sick and then right. what they had always done wasn't working. That's yep. because they didn't have good, good whiskey. It's a true so, story. So whiskey and alcohol was a... It was a delivery method for helping medicine. Now, it doesn't taste well, obviously. Not only, I mean, some people don't have a palate or a taste for alcohol, but then you add medicines to it. Yeah. It tastes gross. And so they would develop. Dimetap and bourbon. Whoa. (laughs) So the julep, the julep from a medicinal standpoint turned into what was referenced in the from a medical perspective. It was a sugary, syrupy concoction for getting a patient to take medicine, basically, yep. or w- whether at a doctor's office or at home. But it was also, it had other avenues. Well, in, imagine being a child, a, and right. everything you take in medicine form is in alcohol, <laughs> and then what happens when you become an adult? Shit tastes good. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> it calls uh, you to drink. Like, yeah, Doc, got that hangnail again. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> From that lady. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, um, but... So, but the mint julep was actually before it became a a widely popular thing was sort of a uh, pinkies up, like wealthy person drink. Yeah. Uh, the reason being is because ice at that time, you had to have a way to store ice yep. and keep ice to have crushed ice for the drink, and that was something the only wealthy people had, as well as the silver, because um, they had to march all the way to Antarctica to get ice. <laughs> sure. However, they got there. ice. <laughs> um, but the crushed ice and the silver cups, uh, there's a there's a name for the, the julep cup, I guess yeah. is what it's called. And um, the chalup, julep yeah. chalice. So for a while there, it was widely regarded as just a wealthy person's drink because you had to have those two things to create it. And that's not something everyone had access to. But right. as it grew in popularity with uh, the um, Kentucky Derby crowd, um, it, it grew to a point where they – created engraved the uh the jewel cups and served them to people and to this day that is a tradition that they do they not only serve them it's not only the, the official drink of the kentucky derby but they have a julep cup that is designed every year just yep. for the race and the these mint juleps were created in virginia which that's right everybody's like because they, so they predate the derby by a long time but what people don't realize is virginia used to be kentucky Virginia extended all the way to the end of the property of the United States, and it wasn't until they created Kentucky out of Virginia. So what part of Virginia was invented in? Who knows? But that part of Virginia is is good for bourbon, so it was only natural that the two things would go together. But I also wanted to point out they have a $1,000 version of the Kentucky Derby mint julep, and the proceeds go to charity, so it's not that bad. It's not like it doesn't – it's not that fancy. It's It's mint from Ireland. Uh, the ice is from the Bavarian Alps, and the sugar is from Australia. Damn, I bet that tastes just like Rich. every other one. <laughs> mm, man, this ice. tastes exactly like the yep. $4 one I had earlier. But I got a lot of money, and you can probably write that off. <laughs> so I'm going to write off $1,000 mint juleps all night. And you should always hold the mint julep cup at the top. That way you can show the frosted glass. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Pe- learning me some some culture. Culture, teaching how to be sophisticated. So... What does all this have to do with bourbon? Like, why why is horse racing and good whiskey or bourbon known synonymous 
with Kentucky. Tell you why. And that's what we're going to get into next after the short commercial break. I was going to do the, the plug. Yep. Yeah. I hit the wrong button. I started playing it off. Okay. That works. This week's plug of the week. You know him. You love him. He writes for Whiskey and Whitetails. Trevor Barton. He owns Guitar Cigar Fam. He's the one who made the guitar that we gave away the WLS Foundation. Correct. And now he is helping us out with doing our very own cigar stuff that you can buy. All the samplers that we've re- he has reviewed out of the first quarter of this year, you can go to his website and buy them, and I will put the link in the description. But it's guitarcigarsfam.com. Yep. Farm, not fam. And we're also going to put a part in our website that will have a cigar tab where all things cigars can be found in there, and there will be a link to his website. And we have more stuff coming. This is the initial rollout. Not a lot there except for our cigar pack, which you can – it's 56 yeah, and some change. Shipped. Yeah. For the five best cigars five he has had this really year. Really nice sticks to, to, to try. Um, they're fantastic. They're, and they all look cool. Yeah. And one of them has a cool little um, Scott was telling us about the Mormon symbols and everything in it. I would like him to uh, tell us more. Be able to decode like a Elaborate. decoder ring. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we wanted to bring that up. It's brand new, just launched. Go check it out. At least pick up that cigar pack first. It's like if you're a new smoker or a seasoned smoker, both of these pertain to you. Unless you're like, I only like this kind of stick, period, then you go smoke your stick. But if you're new or well-seasoned vet, you know that you don't know what you're doing or you know what you're doing and you need something new. So (laughs) either way, go out there and check it out. But if you're new, you can also follow along on our site, on the Uh journal, and Uh read all of his reviews as you smoke and you'll be able to tell – what you're tasting, which is one of the things we do at the whiskey class. Yeah. This is what you're tasting. This is why you're tasting it. And Trevor's been very good at writing. <laughs> writing all that down. Yeah. It's pretty fascinating. Yeah. All the different stuff that you get out of a cigar when you break down a cigar in all its different parts. And yeah. you learn where the different flavors and different notes come from based on the type of leaves that were used for the different parts. It's very, way more intricate than I ever yeah. I'd imagine it was. And I also have started to taste stuff now. The first note that I, which is funny because it's the last note that I learned in whiskey and bourbon was nutty. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing I've picked up in the cigars. Yeah. So yeah. if I have a cigar that's nutty, I run inside and grab a, a bourbon that has nutty has to that me. With it, yeah. And then I'm like, ooh, you know. <laughs> I did a thing. It's just a cool thing. And I also look like a freaking badass smoking cigars. Everybody's like, who's this guy riding around his golf cart smoking a cigar and cigar drinking bourbon? And drinking bourbon. Hey, it's a man. That's who that is. Could be a woman too. I know plenty of women drink cigars. Do you? Drinks cigars. Mm, that's I like to meet one of those. This happens when you get nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to offend anyone. <laughs> Should I tell the uh the veteran joke that you told me or that you sent me? Oh, was that funny? Did you thought it was, it was hilarious? Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Because it's true. <laughs> so it's, I don't remember the comedian's name, sorry. But he was talking about I'm a to preface, I'm a veteran, which he prefaces. But he was like, everybody on Memorial Day, people are like, thank you for your service. Like, wrong day, asshole. I completed my service. And <laughs> and then, you know, that's pretty fucked up, right? But he's standing there, and, and he's like, and I'm, because I'm like, that's not funny to make fun of that shit. But then he goes, uh, as a cis, whatever, white male, whatever I am, as one of those things, the uh, things that I'm allowed to make fun of are, are growing increasingly small. And he's like, and people will look at me and be like, well, if somebody's allowed to say it, it's him. <laughs> and that's, 
I find it funny. Yeah. Because there's not many things that, you know, I'm always worried now. Yeah. It sucks. Plus, everything that you do, like, think about, uh, who was it? Was it Bill Maher had a thing? And I don't know his political leanings, so if, whatever. I don't know who he, I don't know anything about him, but I know his face. He's got a weird face. He did a thing, and he was like, what what is offensive today was not 20 years ago. He was like, there yeah. are things you're doing today, right now, that in 10 years you will be appalled that you did it. And I was like, damn, there's not that much left, you know? But yeah, what? Like what? Coughing? I don't know, man. Sneezing? Could be. I Dude, I get some funny looks when I cough. All right, this commercial break has been brought to you by... Sorry, we got off on a tangent there. So we were talking about <sighs> yeah. why and how it is that bourbon and horses yes. kind of, particularly in that part of the country, yeah. evolved to be synonymous with one another. And so what you have what is likely the facts. True. And I have what is likely my favorite part. Okay. So that, just to give a little ground back... Background. Give <laughs> some ground back to the, all that ground that you stole. Yeah. Yeah, it's a boomerang right there. Came back around. What do you know? The My wife has been big into horses for a long time. And she, uh, her family is too. Oh, I just figured out Her family is too. And so much so that uh, they're making a movie about her life and I don't know the name of the movie I don't know anything involved with it we get no money from it it's not our story to oh. tell it's her mother's story to tell you right over there yeah I was just gonna ask if you guys get money for it but that no, sucks no money but should wait till it's over and then sue for making a movie about her and not could, getting it could that's, that's, because they're gonna use her name that's in it. the angle they're gonna use her name that's in the it. angle yeah yeah Anyways, that is I think we can find a lawyer. We'll if you're a lawyer we'll cut that out so that, that we don't oh, yeah, show our hand yeah yeah I, can I get a finder's fee for the idea yep 2% Eight. But you got 8%? Okay. Yeah. But you got to sue for like $500 million. I was going to, I yeah. would love 8%. I was going to sue for whatever they sold it for. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Anyways. Yeah. Please continue. <laughs> so they're making a movie about her life or something. And um, so that is being credibility that I don't know what I'm talking about. My wife knows what she's talking about. But I hear her talk a lot. And she goes, she went to Kentucky to the Bourbon Trail long before I had any interest in it. Like she went to Maker's Mark and all this stuff. But she's been to you know, Keeneland, she's been to, she's like, that's not what it's called. She's, I don't know. That's not how she talks either. <laughs> I'm scared. But, so she's been to all these places in Kentucky, met a bunch of famous racehorses. Um, we have a signed picture from uh, Ron Turcotte or Turcotti, however you say his name, the guy that rode Secretariat, yeah, which is the fastest horse to have ever run the Kentucky Derby. We have a signed picture from that. Um, We have all these things. So I, I know a little bit more than average, and I did some research. But anyway, my favorite part of the story is the legend of how Kentucky and bourbon and horses, fast horses, all got wines a thing. Okay. It's not a coincidence. <clears throat> so I'm going to pour another. You talk, I'll pour. As the legend goes. Yeah. When they were making bourbon... And they were shipping it down to Bourbon County from from Bourbon County down to Bourbon Street in New Orleans, which is where the name Bourbon came from. They were moving the whiskey down there on boats, and when they got there on the bottom, you can't row the boat back up. So they would sell the boat, and then they would have to get back to Kentucky somehow so they would get a horse okay. because cars weren't invented yet. So they would ride a horseback on the horseback. It's a long ride. It's a long ride. What's between there and Kentucky? 
I don't even know what to call them. The people that used to live there, and they would shoot them with bows and arrows. Oh, Native Americans. Native Americans. <laughs> Uh, and they would kill them. So in order to get back, you had to have a fast horse. So they would buy the fastest horse they could find, and they would hightail it back to Kentucky, Yeah, and they would start the process all over again. Gotcha. So all these fast horses, would everybody knew you had to sell a fast horse. You would send it down there because sure. it would sell for top money because it was their life was dependent on it to get back to Kentucky. Wow. So Kentucky became this bunch of fast horses there. Gotcha. And then they started breeding fast horses. And then before you knew it, there was a lot of fast horses in Kentucky. But that's like the main, that's my, that's like the original folklore I like tale. That. I good, like it's a good that's story. That's a good story. But what's interesting about it is much like the pug or any other dog that we created that can't create themselves similar but different, thoroughbreds would not exist without human beings. Why? Right. Because of the way thoroughbreds are made. And if there's no humans to make sure that happens, thoroughbreds would not get made. They would eventually outbreed themselves. Yeah. They're also quite dumb. They're only good for really running. They wouldn't be good as draft horses. They wouldn't be good as, uh, you know, free range. You know, they can't really take care of themselves. They're kind of uppity, prissy animals. That yeah. being said, my wife was like, don't say that. But Like like the horses uh, that uh, cowboys ride to, to wrangle cattle. Like those, yeah. those those horses have an intuition along with the rider to oh, yeah, they know their job. work in cattle. Where thoroughbreds were bred to run fast. That's what they that, do. That's it. Yeah. And most of them mm-hmm. off-track off horses, they they're, they talk about it's hard to get them to turn right. True story. It's, she had one, his name was Rohan, tattoo on his lip with his race number. Yeah. She used to fight him all the time. He, he was, we were turning left, <laughs> happy. I I'm sure you and Andy were talking about the race or whoever you were with when you were watching it. Did she give any insight as to why the horse that won was so aggressive at the end and biting and doing all that? Yes. Why? They're just the way they are. They're just high testosterone animals. Okay. They're bred to be that way. So if you look at the horses that have, like, these shoulder plates on, yeah. well, the only purpose of that is to keep the other horses from biting them. Gotcha. And so they'll bite their shoulders like that and draw blood. So, like, a the lot guy of the riding horses the pony riding, was pissed. Yeah. <laughs> because it's, he's pulling on the reins and everything else. Yeah. And, and, you know, pulling on a horse's reins, pulling the bit in their mouth. It's The yeah. horse is like, what's happening? Ow, what's happening? You know. <laughs> So, yeah, they're not the smartest animals. They also, the pole position, everybody, mm-hmm. it's not like qualifying in the F1 where you're the fastest timer gets on uh, on the pole inside. one and the slowest goes on the outside. So being that Rich Strike was number 20, which is the furthest out, which he is the second horse to ever go from position 20 to position one, second ever. Wow. I think the other one was in the 80s. And he was, <clears throat> he was number 21 because the 20th had to be scratched, right? Because there was no 20 in the race. There's only 20. It went to 19. Yeah, I know, yeah, but their yeah, numbers yeah. went well, I don't know. I 1 through I 19, and it skipped 20 and went to 21. Am yeah, I only? Okay. I don't know. I didn't pay attention to that. Interesting. But I know there's only 20 in the race. But the the reason why is because it is the shortest distance from one. So the betting odds are going to be lower for position one if it's a good horse. Gotcha. Position 20 being a meh horse, it's going to have low odds, which is why his was 80 to 1, which means if you put $100 down, you'd win $8,100. Crazy. <clears throat> yeah. So the reason they will do that is because some of these horses are antisocial. They get claustrophobic. They're bitey. They don't want them around because they know it's going to ruin the yeah. race. So in order to make sure that horse is fast, he needs to be out there away from everyone else. And they took a gamble that he would be able to make up that short possession because, you know, it's a straight line. Right. Where in NASCAR, everything else is tilted. Sure. Because um, it is the shortest distance, and, yeah. and then, but it's not that far. So he, they were confident that horse would make up that distance. So for him to go from 20 to 1 is really not that bad. But that is a fast horse. 
It was unbelievable. So I put I I guessed and I put my money on Messier because I I played hockey my I whole did life. Epicenter. My, played hockey my whole life. It was named after Mark Messier, famous yeah. you know famous hockey player, and he was up in the front oh, for yeah. a large portion of the race. The entire room was screaming. And to watch, uh, what, what, what's the horse's name that won? Uh, Rich Strike. Rich Strike. I was gonna say Rich Cash. Rich. Anyways, to watch Rich Strike go from the very back. What was what was funny is when you the more you watch it and you hear people talk about it, the horse n- knew the track. And yeah. it knew its it knew its uh, its ability, and it knew that in order to perform well, it needed to wait to put its effort until a certain point, and you saw it play out perfectly. They also don't like other horses being in front of them. That's just not so. It's thing. a motivational yeah. thing as They're well. Like, like I, they know that they need. I'm to getting be out close there. to the end. Yeah, time to turn because everybody says, "Well, it's the jockey," because they put a lot of play on the jockey. But let's think about this: is just a pure numbers. If you're a racehorse, which yeah. means you're a th- you know, one of these thoroughbreds. So, how many of those do you think exist? Thoroughbred in the world? <clears throat> racehorses? Thousands. Probably, yeah. How many five foot tall, not skinny, in shape people do you think exist that can race a horse? Way less. I, so, it, that can a race a horse. Okay, that can yeah. race a horse. Yeah, you're right. There's not a lot of them. But I think there's been two or three women in all time. You know, the majority of, in the history of horse racing, the majority of the winners were African Americans. You know that? I did know that. You know where that stems from? No. Their interaction with raising horses oh, yeah. as slaves. For sure. I bet. And, and, and the natural progression of their relationship with the horses. Yeah. And, and they know and the horse best. Going on to, yeah. They, yeah. It's, they, it's some of the best in. Like hist- if you look at the uh, historically, yep. um, so, some of the some of the first and biggest records it initially ever set were by African American jockeys. It's yep. interesting fact, but yeah. So the um, yeah the horde there's way more horses. So you're choosing a smaller group of horses. Mm-hmm. So the horses that are going are coming from a larger pool, which means you have a better selection at a better horse. Yeah. So the horse makes up. Way more than the jockey. The jockey is essentially riding and convincing it to go faster or make pole, you know, play positions. But it's only Rich Strike was two minutes and two seconds, and the fastest recorded ever was Secretariat, which was one minute and fifty nine seconds. So you're not you're not talking about a lot of time. You're right. not the jockey doesn't have that much to do with it. It's all about stamina, endurance, and the drive that the horse has to win. Right. I think you and I talked at one point about <clears throat> we were discussing earlier about how the um, we've only been at good lord. It's uh, a lot of information. We've, for 40 we've minutes. dropped a lot of minutes, <laughs> a lot of information in forty yeah. minutes. Um, I still have more to go. I just the but we talked about how these horses are bred specifically for what they do, and you discussed you had brought up a physiological uh, something about their lungs or their heart or something. Well, that, that was secretariat. Secretariat's heart was larger. That's what it was when they because they, nobody could ever figure it out. And yeah, because that's only. You know, one minute and 59 seconds. That's the fastest ever, and Rich Strike did it in two minutes and two seconds. That's only a three-second difference. But when you look at the picture of Secretariat, I said at this th- at the where we were watching it, I was like, he was like three car lengths ahead. Yeah. And everybody made fun of me. They were like, you mean horse lengths? I'm like, no. No. He was three car lengths ahead. Yeah. Almost two bus lengths ahead. He was very far ahead. So those two seconds may are actually a lot. Can well, you imagine? Especially when you talk. Well, think about like a like a car. Think about second five, car and a ten second yeah, car. Five second difference between first and second place yeah. and and a, and a, a NASCAR or an F one race yeah. is a lot of time. It's a ton of time. 
and you're just sitting there, and then this thing comes by at 220 miles an hour. It's like, and it's it's not like there any of them are going slow. No, yeah, it's just that one vehicle, that one horse, is exceptionally fast. Yeah. So, it, they, so when was, they cut them open, the heart, they found right? his heart was know, like the Grinch. You know, I don't remember four <laughs> times, twice. I think it was probably twice as large. It's it's funny though because that's a that's an anomaly that in a lot of animals or humans it can be detrimental. Mm-hmm. But it but because of specifically what it, that horse was trained to do. Like if you had a, a quarter horse that was being used by Wranglers, that same anomaly may cause that horse to die early. And the extension, uh, actually, I think that's greyhounds. Trying to remember, there's an animal where the extension and the retraction of limbs was a pump of the heart. So being able to pump that much more blood. Oh wow! I think it was greyhounds, but it's either greyhounds or horses. But the extension of that, being able to pump twice as much blood. Gave your body, your muscles, twice as much oxygen, twice as Jeez. much energy. So Secretariat would finish that race and be like, What's up? What's up? And yeah. everyone else is like, <gasps> Yeah, and he's over there chewing on his bit and spitting his tongue out. <laughs> Did you see that when their tongues were falling over? Uh-uh. It's because Andy was telling me it's they're bored. They'll just play with their tongues. So really? have that, like their tongues will come out the top of the bit, and it'll be like. Horses are so funny. It'll be like sticking out of their face, and they'll suck it back in real quick. <laughs> they're, just, they're just bored. They're playing with their tongues, which I think is hilarious. Is. Horses are fun. Like Rohan, I used to, he loved to, he loved beer. Really? Yeah. And I, my, uh, what's that app where you, uh, you rate restaurants and shit? Um, oh, Yelp. Yeah. My Yelp profile picture, which I, I set in like 2000, I Two. don't know, a long time ago. It was after that. 2006, maybe. Years ago. 2006, I probably said it. Yeah. It's a it's me and Rohan at the horse, and I'm wearing a Dub Corp shirt, and um and him and he's drinking out of a pitcher, and I'm drinking out of a bottle, and we're drinking chugging beer together on the side of the way, and that's <laughs> it's like that was the thing. She's like, I'm gonna go race, ro- ro- go ride Rohan, but like, yeah, I'm gonna I'll meet you there, and I'd leave immediately and get him all drunk. She's like, something's wrong funny? with him today. <laughs> nah, I don't think I ever got him drunk. You know how much that would take? A lot. A mega pint. Yeah. Take a hefty amount. Yeah. So that's the that's the that's why there's fast horses in Burber. That's the that's the legend. But in reality, <clears throat> so the history that the two sports just kind of grew up together. Yeah. So the which one could argue because they were running fast horses with bourbon. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe. That's why I like the story. It is a good story. But and it and is there proven. may be there may be some truth to it. There's no there's honestly no reason but the, the story that I'm going to share, yeah. there's no reason they both can't be true, to that's, be honest yeah, with you. I think that they could be true at the same time. I think there's no way that that's not real with the story I said. There's I mean, no way makes, that doesn't it play a part. It makes a ton of sense. It makes more it sense may not, than. It may not be that every single. <laughs> it may not be that every single trip somebody was selling a yeah. boat, yeah. you know, but there may have been merchants who couldn't afford the trip back or whatever the case, you yeah. know what I mean? So, um, or maybe they were just trying to maximize profits and that, you know, it was cheaper to buy a horse. So they sell the boat for a bunch of money, buy a cheap horse. Well, they didn't have the ability to paddle the boats back upstream. They would ride the stream down and then they'd sell the boats. That's the story. Anyway, this is before like steam, steam engines. boats and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Makes sense. Well, the story I have, yeah, or the the history lesson that I, I let's agree that these stories go hand in hand. I agree that I agree that they both took place simultaneously, or one after yeah. the other, in the same time yeah. frame of Sick. American history. Thank you. All right, thanks, Dottie. So as Kentucky was being settled, um, settlers and people moving out west identify Kentucky for what it is. Right, it's full of beautiful green hills. And lots of green grass, and people look at that and go, "This is perfect for farming." I have yeah. horses. I want to continue making whiskey, or, or I want to get in on this whole whiskey thing going on. 
So they find their piece of property, they set up a farm, they homestead, whatever the case is. They're raising horses, they're making whiskey, they're doing their other crops, corn, you name it. But there's, in that time, there's a social aspect to life that is different than now, right? They had to take a day trip into town just to meet with a friend or a family, right? They had to take a a week-long horse ride or carriage ride to go meet with friends. So a huge social aspect that developed were county fairs. And much like today, county fairs would be had, and it was an opportunity for farmers and other merchants to showcase their things, Yeah. right? If somebody was breeding horses, this was an opportunity to compete and show their prized cow, their prized hog, or horse, right? In the same way, people were bringing their prized baked goods or whiskey, and they were competing in county fairs just like they do today. It's, yep. really, it's really no different. Uh, part of that, though, was in people bringing their horses. You know, you get a bunch of good old boys drinking together, just no different than today, a bunch of dudes sitting around going, my car's faster than yours. Fuck you, my car's faster yeah. than yours. So what do they do? They go find a piece, and they race. Same thing happened then. And My the ra- truck's louder than your truck. <laughs> and the races then that were described in what I was reading in, in, in one of the uh, the videos, they were not circular races. They were point-to-point races. Yeah. So they were Which makes sense. drag racing horses, basically. Yeah. And so uh, the culture, if you will, of <clears throat> whiskey and, and, and horses and racing horses – naturally went hand in hand yeah. with the, the, the people who were making whiskey and growing the corn to make whiskey and, and also, also raising grown, yeah. the horses yeah. um, and rearing. So, rearing horses as they uh, say. As they say. <laughs> and so that, that, that sort of happened and, and, and was a natural you know progression of, you know, the sport progressed and things like that, as, as you were talking about earlier and um, Churchill Downs was eventually, you know, that was obviously much later in the process. But one thing I found interesting to kind of go back to the Kentucky Derby as being the, um, you know, it's it's referred to as the greatest sporting event in in the world, and it is the I think you mentioned the longest running sporting event in they American history. They have never history. taken a single year off. So I was where Preakness and yep, um, Belmont have. Yep, I wanted I wanted to make a point in in that through America's toughest times, including the Great Depression, yeah, World, World War One, World War Two. And all of the shit that happened in the last two years with, not that I'm comparing COVID and res- lockdowns restrictions to any of that. No, World War II is definitely, <laughs> definitely to the case. Uh, but they continued through all of those things. Yep. Um, and it has been sort of a, as a result of that, it has sort of become an American staple of, and, and sort of symbol of resilience yeah. and, and what America means. And so every year on the first Saturday of May, people get together and they have their mint juleps. They watch horses battle it out. And, there's, uh, but the, what, and they stare at the millionaires on Millionaire Row and <laughs> yeah. flick them off. There's other races that go on during the day, though. Yeah. Do you know much about those? Because I don't. Uh, I did, but I don't now. Yeah. I noticed that they, they take place on the grass track. Oh, yeah. Nobody uses the and they're, dirt. Well, no, that's not true. They have a like a midday. There was one at 2.30. Okay. They had a track, at, a race at 2.30. I don't remember the name of it. I just remember I, I initially I think Calm I, down, Andy. I'm sorry. <laughs> if you got something to say, drop it in the comments. Yeah, while drop it in the comments. She watches it. it on YouTube. Yeah, so while you're at it, hit, in the comments. Hit the notification. She may bell not even have a YouTube account. 
Oh, really? To be honest with you, I bet she doesn't. She watches it on yours? And no, she watches it. She just doesn't have a YouTube account. Oh, she watches ads and all can that. Can you still do that without it? Yeah, you can watch it. It's 2022, it Andy. Get a face. Uh, get a, yeah, you can literally, Andy, go on the top, go click YouTube, create an account, log in with Gmail. Does bam. she have a G? Yeah, she yeah, has she a, has Gmail. a Gmail. She can just kind of automatically anyways. Yeah. So um, you can start making comments and help us out here. So there's no reason that the natural progression of settling, yeah. you know, uh, settling Kentucky and, and folks getting together to socialize more or less over bourbon and, and other things at county fairs and the growth of the bourbon boom could not have happened. Yeah. That both happened. And I also wrote just to add on to it, James E. Pepper. Oh yeah. Of the James E. Pepper distillery. He won his horse won in 1893. Won the Kentucky Derby. Nice. Uh, the Gaines family that's involved with it heavily. Yeah. They, they owned old crow uh-huh. and the Churchill family is also affiliated with the four roses family. Which there's, oh. I would imagine the whatever it is, three hundred forty-five roses or five hundred thirty-four, whatever to do with that, that rose blanket. My possibly, because I know that there was roses there in the beginning, and it was given as a gift to some lady yeah. at an after party, uh-huh. and then they were like, "This is our thing now." Uh, but then there's been several people that several different distilleries that have been like the official, uh, excuse me, bourbon of. Yeah. Um, of the old Derby, of the older of the Kentucky Derby, because I'm trying to say early times. So the early times <laughs> to it. and old Forester yeah. now. So early times. The article I read was early times, which was bought out by Old Forester, and that's why Old Forester does it now. But it's like, well, the, I, I mean, Brown Foreman owned it all, right? But, right. But then, like Preakness, for instance, they reached out to Maker's Mark, and, and Maker's Mark is only, I want to say, 150 years old. Mm. I don't remember. But Maker's Mark, they 100% got their launch because of Preakness. 100%. Squeaky. So there is a lot in it, and there's been several families that are involved with the bourbon trade that are involved in the Kentucky Derby, and, mm-hmm. it's, and it has grown together. And I think, yeah, it's possible that the story about the fast horses and yeah, outrunning yeah. Native Americans getting shot at by bows um, or being able to outrun their Mustangs, just, uh, you know, that maybe that predates – you know everything else. I don't know. Let's look at some numbers, you know, and see years and what was yeah. happening. But I think it's definitely a plot. But it's definitely a cooler story. That if, if you were involved with whiskey at that time, yeah. leave us a comment. Let us comment. Know. If you were there, let us know. If you weren't involved, <laughs> then shut the. F- <laughs> if you have uh, family heirloom journals that depict and detail some of these that make either of our stories not true, then keep it to yourself. Yeah. Okay. Let's hit him with a fact real quick. We should remix it. So, out of all of the uh, Kentucky Derbies that have happened, can you guess which state had the most horses came from? Virginia. Kentucky. 113. (laughs) Damn. thought that was an easy well, one. Well, I, th- I figured it was a trick question, no. so I went with... 113 of the winners came from Kentucky. They had four or six, excuse me, six each they would. from Florida. Uh-huh. Virginia had six. Tennessee had six. California had six. And then there were four horses that were not born in the United States. Really? And that's it. Interesting. I thought that was a fascinating fact. But that also makes sense because that's where the winners and the breeders and the everything is. That's where it's all at. So yes. Yeah. yeah. And I would guess I, I, that these horses yeah. that weren't from there, that they got semen from the horses that were there. Right. Like asking, like, how many world champion 
barbecuers. Or not from Texas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably not that many. So, Texas and then a smidgen of other states. Yeah, in the south. <laughs> a little bit in the south. That's it. Yeah. There's a, have you seen the stud fees for these horses? No, but I recall your comment saying that now that this, this horse has won the Kentucky Derby. He paid $30,000 for that horse. Yeah. That horse can come in a bucket and they can sell it for a million dollars. That's all day long. So wild. And so my my question to the group was, how much would you uh, how much would you need a day to have that job to make sure that horse provides a sample? If you know what I'm saying, you got to do it by hand, all natural in my shop, no leather <laughs> prosthetics here, <laughs> nothing like the big the apparatus they no, have at uh, all by hand. What did I see on Yellowstone? My horse gets the best treatment at Yellowstone. They had like a um, it was it was whenever the character Jimmy was at the It's a leather seven. sleeve. That's what they it's all like a, use. Yeah, is it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then there's like a bucket in the bottom of it. Yeah. Because there's a lot. <laughs> but <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. It's like how much? Because the thing about it is I'm going to make you sign a five-year contract, so you're going to have to do it every day. Maybe not every day. I'll, we'll but if each one of those buckets is worth a million bucks. Yeah, how much do you want? I'm, I want 300000 Done. See, how easy is that? Turn out that's it. <laughs> well, okay. for just once a day, I don't think that's a lot to ask for. I mean, I was thinking three hundred thousand per per sample. That's fine too. It's, I mean, I don't. You're cheaper I mean, than me. I mean, there's farm, there's operating costs. I don't no, want to I know, cut but it. If I'm doing it by too. hand, bro. It's, I got to tell people that's my job. I'm not going to not be. Oh, by hand, by hand, rich. as in like I have to, as in. Put oh. it over your shoulder, like, oh, a, like a shoulder mounted. I rocket. need to sleep on it. I don't know. Just, not sleep on it. I need to think about it. <laughs> Please don't sleep on it. You can think about it. Well, don't never. be sleeping on it. All right. Well, I'm certainly never. Now that we've had this discussion, never passing a lifestyle polygraph again. <laughs> Dude, yeah. They're like, have you ever thought about it? It's like, what a stupid question. Telling me you haven't? <laughs> <laughs> You're so full of it. Yeah. Anyways. So, I, I mean, I don't think there's any any reason to extend this any further. I think this has been a bang up episode, and I think we should rock it out the way it is. You just want to wrap it up? Yeah, let's wrap it up right here. All right, well, we got we got a lot going on, and, and we're traveling in the next two weeks. So, um, next episode will be we'll be wearing the exact same clothes because we're traveling, and we got to knock out two episodes, yeah. and we're probably just gonna talk and rant about some shit. So, yeah, next episode will be quite random, and you're gonna hear the story about the best thing to do with your wife while drinking. Bye. Bye.